Welcome to the Medical Affairs Professional Society MSL Field Medical Focus Area Working Group's podcast series entitled Field Medical Stakeholders, Partnering for Today and Tomorrow. In this third podcast, we will discuss medical affairs. I'm Catherine Gann. I'm a member of the MAPS MSL Field Medical Focus Area Working Group, and I'll be the moderator for this podcast. Currently, I'm an independent consultant in medical affairs having spent my 30-year career as an MSL, an MSL manager, and an MSL trainer. Our legal disclaimer is as follows. The views expressed in this recording are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect on the opinions of MAPS or the companies with which they are affiliated. This presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or regulatory advice. We encourage you to engage in conversations about partnering with field medical stakeholders with other MAPS members via the community portal on the MAPS website. Simply log in with the email address and password associated with your MAPS account, click on the discussion tab, then scroll down to field medical to post a question or review previous postings. The objectives for this series of podcasts are that at the end of this series, the participant will be able to one, discuss the functions and activities of key internal stakeholders, and two, identify potential areas for compliant collaboration by MSLs with key internal stakeholders. I'd like to thank today's panelists for sharing their subject matter expertise with the MAPS membership. Speaking today are Deborah Crawford, Director of MSL Team, Teva Pharmaceuticals. Deb will be our interviewer and Stephen Camper, Vice President of Medical Affairs, Blue Earth Diagnostics, who is our interviewee. Deb, as I turn this over to you, could you please briefly provide some information about your current position and your industry experience? Thanks, Kathy, and thanks to Matt for the opportunity to participate in this podcast. Currently, I am the Director for the Headache MSL team at Teva, And over my career, I've held uh, several positions, uh, some in management uh, as a field MSL in field health outcomes, as well as in training and development. But now what I'd really like to do is shift to Steve. Uh, And Steve, please tell us about your current position with Blue Earth Diagnostics. Hi, Deb. It's great to talk to you. Kathy, great to talk to you as well. Uh, We go way back, and it's great to be able to, uh, to share some of our stories. Um, As Kathy said, I'm Vice President of Medical Affairs at Blue Earth Diagnostics. We are a uh, radio pharmaceutical company, uh, marketing and uh, manufacturing, developing radio pharmaceuticals uh, in the oncology space. And at your company, Steve, how is medical affairs structured? And within that, what is your specific role? As I thought about answering the question as far as our structure, uh, I thought it might be helpful, Deb, to go from both the structural and a a functional perspective. Um, Structurally, our medical affairs department is fairly standard, I think, in terms of what the industry is like. We've got an internal team, and that team is uh, responsible for management, operations, um, strategy development. We also have an external team, our our medical uh, science liaison team. Where it differs a little bit structurally is we actually have two teams. Um, and they, they aren't both MSL. Uh, one is the more traditional MSL group that you might think about having thought leaders, so on and so forth. Uh, the other is more of a, 
a training and education group. Because we are in the medical imaging business, there's a lot of training that needs to go on. And so we have a group that also uh, handles that responsibility. From a functional standpoint, um, I think we're fairly standard with that as well, but there are a couple exceptions. Uh, we have responsibility for, as I said earlier, uh, medical strategy development and execution, uh, certain data generation and dissemination. Uh, we're the, the company's uh, external customer uh, medical uh, scientific interface. We, we handled the investigator-initiated study program. Those are all fairly standard, I think, with, within the industry. Where we differ perhaps a little bit is our team also has a fairly extensive relationship and, and working, um, working responsibility with our clinical development and operations uh, group. We also have uh, a HEOR component within medical affairs, as well as a medical information and pharmacovigilance uh, function. And in my experience, especially the pharmacovigilance function, uh, and to an extent medical information, are, uh, are, are functions that aren't necessarily always involved uh, or underneath of medical affairs. Thanks, Steve. And just a little bit more uh, specifically about your role there as vice president. Okay. Well, my role is to oversee general oversight of, of all of those functions that I just mentioned, uh, including our budget. Uh, and, uh, but, but we are a small, we are a relatively small company. And as a result of that, there's a little bit of uh, cheap cook and bottle washer and roll your sleeves up and whatnot, which I personally really enjoy, uh, as, not just having a medical or a, um, uh, an administrative role. Um, I stay, I keep an involvement with our medical strategy development, um, as well as overseeing uh, the, any of the HEOR uh, work that we do. And you really intrigued me uh, with uh, talking about your field um, medical and really how the MSLs function in your company, not only as a traditional, but that you do have a group taking on a, a really uh, unique role uh, relative to training and educating. So can you just tell me a little bit more about those two differences and really, how did they fit into medical affairs within your organization? Both field medical teams, I think, are, are just uh, sort of critical functions, both in our company, both internally as well as externally. Uh, the, the external, as I said, I think is fairly straightforward. The, the MSL team has their traditional or more traditional thought leaders, uh, that more academic research oriented individuals that they, that they work with and have a responsibility for. Um, but they also have, uh, the, the clinical expert that, uh, that they work with and, and have responsibility for them, uh, as well. So they, they are a little bit multi, multifunctional in, in that regard. Our molecular imaging specialists, which is the second group that I mentioned, uh, as I said, being an imaging company, uh, of course, you know, reading images, actually acquiring the images, uh, understanding the images, there's a little bit of art to that as well as the science. And so that's a lot of their role, not all of it, but a lot of their role is making sure that uh, clinicians, uh, medical imagers that are using our product understand the image acquisition uh, process, understand uh, the interpretation of those images, 
um, and can feel comfortable with report writing, so on and so forth. And you talked a little bit just briefly about your internal customers. So can you tell me just a little bit more about the ways that you support and collaborate those internal customers, who they are, and what are maybe some of the the projects that you've uh, collaborated on? I think medical affairs in general in in the pharma and device industries probably interact with as many, if not more, internal customers than any individual department um, in in the business. Um, I can, without numbering them, I can think of probably five or six internal customers that that we have. Um, Of course, they're the sales uh, sales and marketing folks. Um, As I said, our we look at our field teams as being part of our uh, the deliverers of our medical strategy, if you will. And in fact, um, they they're also part of of development of it because the information that they bring in is is certainly critical to to the development of those strategies. So it's a little bit of execution and a little bit of development as well um, from in working with marketing partners uh, in that regard. I've already talked about the clinical development and operations folks, um, and and certainly we're not trying, in in our company anyway, uh, we're not trying to have our field medical team take the place of our uh, CRAs or or study monitors, Um, but what we have found is in many of our clinical trials, the investigators are also thought leaders, and they have relationships established with, um, with those folks. Um, and so th- that interaction certainly helps from the standpoint of keeping the study uh, top of mind. From an internal standpoint, they'll, they'll bring information back if there, if there are issues that a site is having um, um, or if there are even good things that, you know, there are successes that can be shared. Um, so they'll, they'll communicate with our clinical development and clinical operations folks. Um, from a market access perspective, I think most of us are aware of the role that, that field medical plays uh, in that, uh, being partners talking about um, or being able to describe um, our clinical and perhaps economic data uh, to, um, to our market access partners. Um, those are all fairly standard, I think. Uh, where it might be a little bit different is we also inter- interact with our regulatory folks. Um, and again, a lot of that is informing our regulatory team on what's going on out in the real world, so to speak. Um, and lastly, we also have an involvement with uh, our, our patient advocacy um, uh, partners in, in-house. Um, and sort of, we, we operate as the external, external arm for them, if you will. As many uh, that may be listening right now are um, maybe early in their careers, uh, and I know you've held many positions throughout your career, um, how have those positions led you to your current role? I really wish I could sit here and say that I had a master plan and, and followed that master plan to be where I am now, um, but but honestly, that, that really was, uh, wasn't the case. Uh, first, I did have a career prior to moving into industry, um, and that was a provision of healthcare, working with patients, and and that certainly helped me to have a perspective um, as I came into the into industry. But uh, you're right. Um, in my career, I started out as an MSL. Um, I've had field medical um, management responsibilities. I've 
I came in-house to have more training and operational um, uh, responsibilities. Uh, I've spent some time, and actually my favorite time is is doing uh, health economics and outcomes research work, uh, both from a scientific and a strategic perspective, um, and then medical affairs management. Uh, I guess in a nutshell, to answer your question, anyone who's looking to move into to that sort of thing, into medical affairs management, I would really, really strongly recommend that they try to get exposed to as many aspects of the medical affairs function as is possible. Uh, you know, there's, there's much more to medical affairs than just field medical, uh, but at the same time, having a field medical background, I think, gives you a really unique perspective uh, that you can bring to medical affairs. So I would say try to get as much experience as you can in as many different roles as you can. Um, and I sort of let things go as they would go from that, from that point on. And uh, actually, perfect segue into uh, my final question, because uh, you just uh, really mentioned and talked about, you know, getting exposure and experience um, all of across medical affairs. And earlier, you had just mentioned the importance of the MSL role in um, being deliverers of medical strategy, which I, I think is a great way to think about it. Um, but just knowing that you really have a, a keen understanding of the MSL role, how do you feel that MSLs can really best interact within medical affairs and any best practices to share around that? If I could, I would like to turn it. Uh, just a little bit, and maybe a recommendation. And this is the one thing that has, has throughout my career, has um, it seems like it always comes back to this, and and it, it it's just always in the forefront. Um, and that, and what I encourage any anybody on, on a field medical team to do is to continually think about and ask yourself what value you're bringing to the organization. And any of those internal um, uh, partners that that we talked about a little bit earlier, um, and I just strongly encourage uh, every, every field medical person to think about that as they as they map out what they do uh, each day, as they they think about the interactions that they have. Um, what value am I bringing to the company with what I'm doing, or with what information I'm I'm bringing in? And probably the, the biggest part of that, or, or at least a key component of that, is to not look at it from your perspective, the, the field medical person's perspective. Look at it from your internal customer's, customer's perspective. How do you think they're viewing what you're bringing them? Um, you know, obviously, we, have, we can't be evaluated uh, with, from a financial perspective and what we're doing from that regard, but we can be evaluated from a value add perspective. And that would be my, my biggest take-home message of, of this conversation. Great uh, thought to, to end on and, you know, to continue thinking about just every day, you know, what you are doing out there and how that really impacts um, both internally and externally everything that happens because it's, it's a lot that we don't even uh, really process on a regular basis. So I think that's, that's great insight. So thank you very much, Steve. It was absolutely my pleasure and great to talk with you. Sorry to interrupt you, Steve. I was just going to echo Deb's thank you 
Uh, and Deb, thank you also for participating today. I think that in line of our learning objectives, you've really helped our audience have a better understanding of the role and function of medical affairs and how the MSLs contribute to and utilize the medical strategy, and then also how they can compliantly interact with some of their key internal stakeholders. Certainly, Steve talking about his career and his advice about how to build a career has been quite useful also. So thank you for that. This has been the third podcast in the series on the topic of field medical stakeholders partnering for today and tomorrow. If you are a MAPS member, thank you for supporting MAPS. If you're not yet a MAPS member and would like access to additional resources in this area, please visit the MAPS website to explore joining. That website is medicalaffairs.org forward slash membership. This concludes the podcast.